It's time for episode 289 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 10th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that always circles back. I am your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined across this fine internet of ours by my co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing quite well, Mr. Dan Morin. And, uh, you know, the, that intro, it kind of reminded me of the snack that smiles back. So we are the podcast that circles back goldfish. I mean, clockwise, clockwise, that's this. I would do a podcast <laughs> about goldfish. It's delicious. <laughs> I dig it. This is, of course, the podcast where we don't talk about goldfish, but we do talk about four tech topics with two fantastic guests. To my left this week, it is a writer and an author of iOS Access for All, plus a host of Parallel right here on the Relay FM network. It is Shelly Brisbane. Welcome back, Shelly. Thank you. Glad to be here. And to my left is the author of uh, quite a number of books, a photographer and columnist as well. It's Jeff Carlson. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. How are you all? Just peachy. Very good. All the better with you both here. Aww. Let's kick off today's show with my topic. I read an interesting story over at 9to5Mac looking at analytics in the App Store and suggesting that people aren't as hungry for new apps as we used to be. A lot of the stuff that stays at the top of the list are the older apps, uh, and it doesn't take any, like the, the amount it takes to hit the top of the list hasn't really changed much in several years. So I want to get your impressions on that. Has your appetite for downloading new apps? apps change? Do you find yourself downloading a lot of new apps still, or you just kind of stick with the old standbys? And why do you think that is, Shelly? I don't download as many as I used to, but I go on app buying or downloading binges because I get interested in something and I want to know, for example, hey, what's the new coolest text editor? What's the new coolest mail app? And so I download four or five of them and pretend I'm doing product reviews, but what I'm really doing is checking out to see which one I'm going to like. But no, I don't overall download nearly as many apps as I did Back in the day. Uh, for me, I have the apps that I like, and I, I tend to to buy apps or find apps for specific tasks. And so once you kind of find those apps that you feel work really well for you, at least for me, there's not often a, a case of me needing to get a new one. I'm not uh, a gamer in any sense, and particularly on mobile. And so... I don't like I, I feel like that's kind of a place where folks might be downloading more new apps rather than the you know kind of once you have your email app, you probably stick with it, your social media apps, you probably stick with those, and it takes you know the it takes a very particular thing. It seems like most of the new apps that I've gotten in the past uh, couple years have been because of like moving or something. And so I needed to get a new app for the new uh, medical system that my doctor is a part of, or, or maybe my hairdresser has an app where I can book my appointments in it or something like that. Those might be situations where I'd get a new app. But as far as the things that I'm, you know, using my phone for, I've already got my browser and and my apps for all of those particular things. So it just I, I don't tend to need new apps so I don't go searching for them. What about you, Jeff? Apps are dead, my friends. Apps <laughs> oh, are oh dead. <laughs> um I'm gonna echo all of that. I think the big difference is that um like 
Getting apps for specific purposes, that definitely happens a lot. And I'm sure if you look at my iPhone, you would say, uh, apps are dead. Dude, you don't have room for any more. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, that that sense of I'm just going to go browse and see what's new, like that's something that I, I never, ever do. Um, and, and I think, you know, that that's a big part of why Apple has revamped the App Store to make things more interesting and have the, all these features to, so that people will come back to it and look for new stuff but um i don't know like that in the early days of course it, it like you wanted to see what was new and now there's just so much that it's much easier to just stay away from it yeah the market's really matured i think is what we're kind of all getting at like in the early days there was like oh what new thing can i do with my phone and now it's like the number of new things you can do with your phone even though your phones are extremely powerful has kind of like diminished diminished returns right like we are very used to the things we do and like you guys have all said we have those apps uh, already that that do sort of the staples of the things that we need to do um i find that most of the new apps i download these days are either things that are you know companion apps to services that i am looking at or devices a lot of times like if you buy a new smart device or some new you know almost anything it seems these days like there's an app that goes with it so i definitely agree with all of you folks that like i spend much less time looking and being sort of intrigued with, oh what apps are out there like what new thing can i do uh and kind of calcified my way I, I think there's also a certain degree like a matter of of burnout you spend so much time on like you know social media or reading the news or whatever that like i find myself much more these days like you know checking the two or three apps that i use on a daily basis and then kind of being like yeah, what else is there really to do on my smartphone on this amazing <laughs> device with all these features? Now nah, I'm kind of bored of those things. So, but you know, I think that's probably just because it's become part of the fabric of our lives. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our second topic, which comes from Shelley. So, developer Steve Trouton Smith says that iTunes may soon be broken up on the Mac OS platform into its component parts, music, podcasts, maybe books, although that already exists. Who knows exactly what'll happen? But I guess my question is, do you still use iTunes on the Mac? And uh, if iTunes is broken up and thus uh, redesigned, presumably, is there a new uh, feature or interface change that you would like to see? And you only get to pick one. <laughs> uh, I pretty much only use iTunes on the Mac for music, for Apple Music in particular. Um, it is just a place for me to go. I type in in the search bar at the top uh, to find the album that I'm wanting to listen to in my library double click to start playing it and that's pretty much the extent of it uh so if it is separated from everything else that is in itunes then that's fine by me but it doesn't really change sort of my use of the app because i pretty much stick to the music thing so i'm happy i think that music's going to be broken out um but there's not really any particular change that i need to take place because i don't use it for a bunch of stuff and therefore you know, nothing kind of gets in my way as it is right now. So, yeah, I, I, my answer kind of is uh, nothing really that I would, you know, request <laughs> to change. It's fine how it is for me, but I think that's because I don't poke at it. And so the big, giant, packed together mess that it is doesn't come tumbling down on top of me because I'm just <laughs> very delicate with it. What about you, Jeff? Well, I have iTunes running all the time, surprisingly. I just have it set up on, on another window, and I use it to listen to music all, all through the day. Um, and so, like you, I don't do a whole lot of uh, many different things with it. Um, again, 
I would love to see it broken up because it, it just does feel big and, and, and crufty. Uh, and I think my biggest request would be, um, can I just categorize it as basic competence? Because <laughs> the one thing that I want it to do is I want it to remember uh, accurately what I'm listening to and where I'm listening to something so that, say, I'm on my computer and I'm in the middle of listening to, say, a soundtrack and I need to go for a walk. Why can't I just pick that up on my phone, like where I was, and just have it keep playing? I think there was even like an early, early iPod commercial, I think, mm-hmm. where... The first one. I, yes, you know, the first one. And he, he's listening to music, and then he transfers it over to his iPod, and it just continues where it was. Like, I don't even know if that's ever been possible. So I want basic competence, because if I have all this music avail, available to me everywhere why can't i just listen to it seamlessly it's too hard that's why it's 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 too hard nobody can figure this out (laughs) i think breaking up itunes into its component parts doesn't go far enough they should really render it down to the level of atoms uh, in order to be sure it's the only way um yeah i do use itunes a little bit and and i think it sounds like i like most of you i use it primarily for music and not much else i don't even use it for music that much i mean a lot of times these days i'll listen to music uh airplayed to the home pod from my iphone for example uh or uh occasionally i'll just have like headphones on and be listening to my my iphone so uh my use of it is fairly limited um I think breaking it up is the right thing to do. It certainly has been a long... It's been a long time that we've had to deal with iTunes sort of having this crazy amalgam of all these different features jam-packed into one piece of software, and that's done nobody any favors, but it's kind of been hard to untangle. So I think the idea of sort of splitting things out into different functional apps makes a lot of sense. Uh, And in the long run, that will definitely help people more easily discover things like podcasts or find their videos, etc. Jeff, I think, probably took what is... Have long been one of my feature requests, which is this sort of the idea of handoff between your devices, right? Like, why can't I just pick up my phone in the middle of a song even and walk out the door and have it pick up exactly where I was playing off? Why do I have to do some sort of weird jiggery pokery to make that happen? I hope it retains some of the more advanced features that we've got in there that we don't have in the iOS music app. And I think that's the biggest question is, will this be uh, kind of a watered down version like the iOS music app? Or will we get some of the iTunes features that aren't in music on iOS and they'll make the transition I'm not super optimistic about that, but I suppose I can hope. Yeah, handoff seems like a no-brainer. Hey, they did it with other apps. Why not music? Yep. Huh? Huh? Yep. Uh, I think the only thing iTunes really does well, and that the reason that I like it on the Mac, is managing my music library that consists of files. And I, I think all everything, including playing and using Apple Music, when when I do that is messed up. The different views do not make, how you get into the different views do not make sense. I have iTunes looking just the way I want it to. I have a lot of smart playlists and it kind of does that reasonably well, but the rest of it, not so much. And I actually, because I have this legacy library, I actually want to sync some of those playlists to my phone occasionally. Mm -hmm. And unless I've had the Apple Music trial a couple of times and you can do it that way, but that doesn't, it has to be up. To, it, it doesn't work as proper as it should properly. Uh, so even the syncing is is not ideal. And in the rare instance, and this is the only time I would even sync my phone to a computer anymore, uh, you discover the inadequacies of syncing in iTunes. Yeah. So yeah, don't break. Like Dan said, don't break what's good about iTunes. What little is good. And as Jeff said, 
uh, give us handoff, give us some of the modern features that you've brought to so many other Mac and iOS uh, apps and, and collaborations between those two platforms. I have no idea why they don't exist right now. So I, I, I don't hold out a great deal of hope. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the chances of them breaking something I like are greater than the chances of giving me something new I didn't even know I wanted. That is the, <laughs> the Apple way, as they say. <laughs> All right, that's two topics down, two topics to go, which of course means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And this week, our episode is brought to you by our good friends at Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Doesn't matter if you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode are the folks to go to. They offer the fastest hardware and network with outstanding customer support if you ever need help. It is super easy to launch a Linode cloud server, and I can say that because I've done it. I have my own website hosted over there uh, that I use for my personal website as well as just lots of other stuff I like playing around with, like what can I install on my Linode server? And it turns out a lot, and it's pretty easy to do. Uh, their new block storage is available in Newark, Fremont, Dallas, Atlanta, Frankfurt, London, and Singapore, and it will soon be released in Tokyo. Version 4 of Linode's RESTful API is out of beta and includes an officially supported Python command line interface. And right now, Linode's hiring. If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, just go to linode.com careers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month. And they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you because you're a listener of this very show. You can go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. And on that one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. With a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have absolutely nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash clockwise and promo code clockwise2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. That is it for halftime, which means I must turn it over to Micah. What do you got? Uh, so I'm curious, aside from wearables, you know, thinking like the Apple Watch, Fitbit, do you use or do you have any interest in other connected health tech? So you can think smart blood pressure monitors, scales, etc. Jeff, we'll start with you. I don't use anything else besides my Apple Watch. Um, I think of all those that you know universe of things, um, like a smart blood sugar meter sounds interesting. Um, partially, that's because you know I'm starting to get into that that range where uh, after eating sugar all my life, it turns out that's not so good for you, and so it's good to cut back on sugar. Um, but you know, I like I'm not at the point where I need to monitor it daily, but it's. Since the technology is out there, it's like, well, you know, like, how much am I taking in? Like, what, how's my body reacting to it? Um, however, I say that not having done anything about it because it's another thing. And so, in fact, I, I will admit I haven't even researched it, but, you know, it's got to be like another device that you have to connect somehow and you have to remember to, you know, uh, put on or adhere or however those work. Um and so like like that right there is barrier enough unless you know a doctor at some point in the future hopefully not says uh dude you really need to get one of these um hopefully with miniaturization of technology and i know there was a lot of talk about blood blood sugar meters um 
I think at the last uh, Apple Watch release, where it, it sounded like everybody on Apple's executive staff had been outfitted with something like this. Um, it you know it, it sounds like the technology is getting easier and better, and maybe soon we'll have something that's just you know you you put on your watch and that's it, or you put on your watch and a bracelet or something. Um, but until then, eh, I'm I'm kind of good with what I've got. Yeah, I I don't use any smart health tech besides the watch, really. I do have some interest in the scale, um, and there are plenty of connected scales out there, but I think the thing that's, you know, kept me from doing that is I have a perfectly functional scale, and I can still log, like, my weight in, in, like, Lose It or whatever other app I'm using. So, really, the impediment and the benefit, like, isn't as high. It's not as much of a benefit for the cost. So right now, that's that's not something that is really attractive to me. The blood pressure thing is interesting. Um, I've had like borderline high blood, high blood pressure for several years. And so keeping track of that could be very useful. I've always seen very skeptical things in terms of the home blood pressure monitors and how accurate they are. And of course, there's always the question of, well, adding more data can be good. A lot of times, the increase in data can actually be counterproductive because it makes you a lot more worried about things that are not really things to worry about or it just gives too much data and too much noise to the signal so i have some interest in that but i think a lot of work still needs to be done in terms of tuning these things to be the most helpful to patients and not to be things that uh, end up being just another source of stress and money which none of us needs more sources for that shelly yep blood pressure monitoring is interesting to me too i have had moderately high blood pressure, and I've even had a doctor say, will you monitor your blood pressure at home for a month and give me your numbers? Because I get a little bit of an anxiety when I'm in the doctor's office and they're testing me, and so it's a little mm-hmm. higher than it otherwise would be. So I would love it if uh, some smart check would do that for me. Uh, like Jeff, I haven't in- it researched this stuff. I'm interested in it. I'm also a little bit interested in a smart scale, and I am really bad about logging. So I can get the data and understand that I need to log it, but I don't always go and do it because... My routine is such that I would get up in the morning and I'd weigh myself and then I want to be off doing something instead of going to my phone or my computer and writing down a, a number. And uh, so, again, I, I'm interested in it, but haven't taken that next step and, and done my research. Uh, all very, very cool, uh, very interesting things. I am with Jeff uh, on sort of wanting to track my body more. Uh, once, you know, you kind of start getting in there, I, you know, be kind of become obsessed with sleep tracking i like uh all of the stuff that my watch does and it's just oh it'd be great to just have this we go through lives we go through life in these meat bags but we don't know a whole lot about (laughs) them for the most part a lot of us like including me i can't name some of the muscles in my body but i use them every single day you know what i mean and it's kind of bizarre how much we don't know about ourselves and yet we have to live the years of our lives that we live with these these mechanisms that we have um and and when i think about it like that it's like i want to know more i want to sort of like crack the code and pay more attention to what's going on um uh, a medicine that i take a an antidepressant anxiety medicine actually has uh like one of its most common side effects is raising blood pressure and my family has a history of high blood pressure so i do track my blood pressure at home and that's been one of the fun i think things to add to kind of my tracking uh as well and blood sugar is something you know that i think a lot of people don't think about until it comes time to sort of go oh boy we've got to be thinking about this now and i think that it could be beneficial to folks if they had 
earlier access to that kind of data. So yeah, any sort of miniaturization of this tech or improvements that can be made, I think would be fantastic for everybody to better understand their meat bags. (laughs) All righty, folks, let's go ahead and move on to our last topic, which comes from Jeff. Great transition. Um, So we're about halfway through the initial free period of Apple News Plus um, before the the you know first subscriptions kick in so you get 30 days of of, of free use and then i believe it's uh, like 9.99 per month um i specifically put an item on my to-do list saying to reevaluate this before that kicks in because i don't know if news plus is is really worth it so i'm sort of curious um have you checked out news plus uh, are you leaning in one direction or another and why i have not checked out news plus so i guess that makes it easy um I think fundamentally my first of all a couple things one i don't particularly love apple news as an app just doesn't work the way that i like to consume my news Uh, i haven't found it super helpful i found a lot more noise than the sort of useful articles that get floated to my timeline so i'm not particularly interested in paying more for access to those types of publications um, we'll see if, if it changes the balance and it turns out there is like a lot of great content being there that's like exclusively there that might convince me. But fundamentally, I feel like my base issue comes down to I already get too much news. I don't need to pay for more. <laughs> like <laughs> I would pay for less news, actually, um, or at least less bad news. Uh, so I, I feel like I don't need to pay for the privilege of uh, raising that blood pressure monitor that I was using. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't, my, the, the, what I've heard from other people who have been using it, nothing, nothing that has been said has encouraged me that I need to definitely go check this out right now. So I guess I'll save that, that 10 bucks a month for, you know, the inevitable having to subscribe to the TV service when it comes out. <laughs> I love long form news, both as a consumer and as a, as a journalist. So that makes me a weirdo right off. And I immediately got the News Plus trial because I wanted to try it and was interested in some some of the magazines that I already read content from in Apple News. I don't love the Apple News app either. And as I discovered when I got into Apple News Plus, it has all sorts of problems. And you can hear all about the problems I found with Apple News Plus on the most recent episode of Parallel, where I kind of took it apart and also did a little bit of accessibility diving. And there are some issues there as well. And I would like to think that my nine ninety nine a month was supporting news creators, but given the Apple rake-off off the top, I'm not even sure that's true. I think because I'm not likely to get the TV service and I've uh, gotten, I've not used other uh, services that Apple provides, I feel like I've got that nine ninety nine in my budget, and I think I'm going to try and keep up with it for a few months, especially to see if Apple takes some of the very vociferous feedback they've gotten to make News Plus better, because I like the idea of it, even with its problems. And so I'm going to keep it up for a while. And also, it does depend on which publications are there. There are a lot of long-form journalism publications that have opted in, and there's some that, that have not. I think the extent to which publications use the Apple News format, which is the one that makes the magazines look pretty instead of using PDFs, is also going to govern it. If a lot of people, I'm not going to read PDFs in Apple News Plus in any situation because they're terrible. And if you want to read a PDF, go to Apple Books or find some other way to consume that content. And um, so, so that's where I'm at. I'm probably more positive on it than uh, many people, but mostly for the content, not for the interface. 
Ah, wow. So I, I kind of like what you said there at the end. It, if, I'm not going to read PDFs in, in Apple News Plus. Go somewhere else for that. Um, Jeff, it's interesting that you pointed out the having to add to your to-do list a reminder about canceling it or not canceling it. Uh, yeah. So that's something that I found out after I subscribed. You cannot typically like you do a you do a trial and you go in and you can cancel it before it auto renews at the end of the uh the the free trial period with this the second you cancel it it doesn't let you have the rest of your 30 days. It stops you right there. So you have to remember to go in and choose to cancel it in order to uh, not get charged if you don't want to. However, I am kind of liking it. Um, I am thinking about giving it enough time to, you know, go pay for one month more of the $10 subscription and see if I'm still using it regularly. Uh, my partner and I really like Apple News and pr- like pretty much every day, the, our days start with sending each other articles from Apple News. Like, oh, did you see this new science thing? Oh, this is kind of cool. Oh, new interesting things about biology. And so I, having that, like, we really like it. And so I'm already kind of A-OK with how, the way that Apple News is set up. Um, so this is just an addition to that for me. So I think that I'm leaning toward keeping it long term, but I definitely know that I'm going to give it, you know, one month's try. Because honestly, my hope is that as people continue to use it, and hopefully as more people sign up, Apple gets access to even more of the publications that are out there as you know, more people want to jump on on board. So my fingers are crossed for that. Uh, Jeff, any last thoughts on that topic? Yeah, um, I agree that I like the idea of News Plus, um, you know, especially the idea of having access to so many magazines and making it in one place. Because if you have dealt with, you know, traditional magazine subscriptions, like it's a mess. I had a subscription to something earlier this year. It just stopped. I don't know why. And so, you know, and and then trying to get that restarted, like it's, it's a customer service nightmare, which I think is part of the reason why Apple is drawn to something like this, because they can they can wrap that up into a, a, a much friendlier package. Um, but again, agreeing with Dan, um, there's a lot of noise. In fact, I use the news app fairly regularly. And I keep forgetting to, like, switch to the News Plus portion of it. And so, you know, like, there's so much there. You scroll, you scroll, you scroll. And then I realize, oh, yeah, I came here to check out a magazine. And then I go switch to the News Plus and go to the magazine. And then I realize, oh, like, I don't have time to read this right now. So uh, for me, I think I'm I'm going to probably cancel it just because I'm not finding myself drawn to it every day. There's nothing that's just making me just really compelled to stick with it. There you have it. Well, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. But first, uh, Mike is going to tell you about our other great sponsor this week. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You know, we could probably all hold our hands up and admit that cybercrime is something we think happens to other people, that other people are out there and they are the ones that, you know, aren't taking care of their data online. But stealing data from people like you and like me and using public Wi-Fi is honestly one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. So if you leave your internet connection unencrypted, then your important data is vulnerable. But there is something you can do to protect yourself 
you can start using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address. And with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device... It makes things fast and simple. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click, and then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. In fact, the ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I've downloaded ExpressVPN and tried it on all of my devices. Uh, That's one of the things I was kind of surprised about. It's available for your iPad, your iPhone, your Mac. It works with uh, certain routers and things as well, uh, and it gives you the information that you need to make sure that all of your other devices are secure. So if you were like, hmm, how do I get ExpressVPN for my Apple TV? Then ExpressVPN is like, hey, as long as you got it kind of running at the router level, then you're going to be A-OK there. For less than 7 bucks a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I was just talking about. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need to try ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com slash clockwise to learn more, protect your online activity today, and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash clockwise. Once again, that's expressvpn.com slash clockwise for three free months with a one-year package. Thanks so much to ExpressVPN for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. Dan, what's that bonus topic? All right, really quick. What is a skill you wish you had? Shelly? I'm a bad guitar player. I wish I was a great guitar player. (laughs) My skill would be learning ASL. Wish I could uh, speak with American Sign Language so bad. I want to be able to cook something and know how flavors go together and like take a bunch of disparate ingredients and make something great. I wish I could make anything with my hands, like any sort of physical, like a birdhouse. I mean, I am totally rubbish when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I wish I was crafty in some way, aside from sneaky. All right. That is the end of our show. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week. Shelly Brisbane, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure as always. And Jeff Carlson, thanks so much for joining us. Many thank you. Thank you. And Micah, we've reached the end of the show once again, which means, of course, that we need to remind all of our listeners out there that until next time... Watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.